Whether you are fit, were fit, or getting fit, it's time for Too Fit. Welcome to the Too Fit Podcast, wellness for normal people, with your hosts, Brendan Walker and Sarah Hollyhead. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jim. Let's just keep that beat going. Makes me want to party. I'm just going to party right now. On a Monday night? Yeah. It's probably not the best night to party, but <laughs> it, it could be. Any day could be a party day if you're listening to the Two Fit Podcast while you're partying. Like, somebody should set or the whole... Out. Yeah. You should just set the whole podcast to a beat. Maybe we should just someday leave that beat going in the background. Here, you talk and I'll do the beat. Ready? Go. <laughs> you don't have anything? Okay. What is, Sarah, what is the dumbest piece of fitness equipment that you've ever seen advertised on tv well the funniest is the shake weight to me well i don't under i don't get it i don't understand the joke why is the shake weight funny well because i've seen drunk people use it <laughs> no sh shake weights are very funny they look it, the commercial i think is designed to look vaguely unwholesome like i think that's the whole deal and i think people buy them as a joke and if you're listening and you don't know what a shake weight is, at your at parental discretion is advised. If you look up shake weight, you may find weird things. But if you if you find the actual shake weight, yes. The point is, it's a very unnecessary piece of fitness equipment. It's like it costs about twenty dollars, and I, I I guess it could help you. It could help some very specific muscles. And the idea is, you're holding this cylindrical object with one or both hands, and you're shaking it back and forth. Um, and yes, I, as a trainer, my initial re reaction to that is it's not doing much because you're not getting a full extension on your muscles. Your muscles are not, they're contracting, but they're contracting very quickly back and forth. And so it, I guess it does something and, and, and I've actually it used is one. It's difficult. Yeah. I've, you know, I've tried to, but the thing is, I think it's funny how they show the commercials and it's like, oh, you're going to have this great body from using the shake weight or the same thing with the ab rollers. You're going to have this awesome body from the ab roller machine. Or sure. So the know, implication is you'll look like they do just by using that piece of equipment. But, right. That one piece of equipment is going to just change the whole thing. So, <laughs> so what's wrong with that? Why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, that's the thing. It, says it targets one one area, and I mean, you got to have a little bit of everything that's yeah, how great would it be if we could all just use the ab roller and have six-pack abs and be lean and not have to do any cardio and not have to do any push-ups? I would say the ab roller, th those those machines that, quote, target your abs, I, I would say they burn so few calories that, to me, those commercials are borderline on illegal just the fact that they're saying something that's patently not true you're not going to get abs like that if you are overweight it doesn't matter how you could do a million crunches it's not going to help because it doesn't you're not burning fat you're just strengthening those muscles and but you're never you're never going to see them unless you get rid of that that uh, you know the fat that's around them mm -hmm. so what are some good devices that you could use some good pieces of fitness equipment that will actually help you. That's that's the theme of today's episode is five fitness tools that are practical, relatively inexpensive, 
and useful in your fitness routine, particularly if you're just kind of starting out. So let's say, you know, new year rolls around your resolution is, Hey, I'm going to get in better shape. Today, we're going to talk about five pieces of equipment that you can go and purchase, or maybe you could ask for for Christmas, or you can get somebody else for Christmas if they're in this uh, position where they're thinking about getting in shape. Uh, five useful pieces. If you can only buy five, what five are they? Uh, we're going to talk about those today. Do you want to preface this by talking about Christmas gifts? Uh, in terms of, well, I think you just did, and you say you can give them as a gift or well earlier we were talking about wanting to have a disclaimer about being sensitive to people about buying christmas gifts right. for them that are fitness related use your own best judgment <laughs> you certainly don't want to hurt anyone's feelings at christmas time by buying a gift that you mean well with but that might be taken the wrong way so. i think this is a guy thing that we in our minds because of the way we think we're like well my wife said she needed to lose some weight so I'm going to be an awesome husband and I'm going to get her a jump rope for Christmas. <laughs> and to us, that's like, well, I'm being helpful and practical, but to your wife, that could be very insulting or to your girlfriend or to your boyfriend. I mean, it, whoever, just be careful about that. Buy it for yourself. How about that? And maybe if you want it, ask for it for Christmas, but don't ask for it if you don't want it. And, don't assume that somebody wants it just because they throw out a comment saying they're going to get in shape. Yeah, I think that's that a good disclaimer. Yeah, I think that can cause some resentment, perhaps. So we certainly don't want to get anyone in trouble at the, the holiday time. All right. So let's start with uh, here we go. Get out your pen and paper if you're writing these down. Five pieces of equipment that every fit person should have in their quiver of equipment awesomeness that didn't I, that's not a good in your arsenal that's much better of thing. fitness weapons <laughs> what's wrong with quiver nothing okay in your arsenal of <laughs> fitness weapons number one you need a heart rate monitor this is my favorite one who makes heart rate who makes good heart rate monitors well my favorite is polar but that's because polar is the only company you need to know well th there are other ones i mean um you know, and especially if you want GPS as well, and we were talking about that the other day, I might need to get another one with, so you can, if you're running outside a lot, you might want one that has GPS because it, um, you know, keeps track of your pace and it kind of, along with how far you've gone and if it has a heart rate monitor incorporated in it, then it can calculate calories, estimate calories, sure. things like that. So I think a lot of people might be intimidated Especially if you're just starting out to work out and you think, well, okay, if I got a heart rate monitor, I don't even know what it's telling me, sure. <laughs> you know, but you learn and you learn to see where your body's at and you learn to kind of, and it's really after a while, you know, what range you're normally at and if you're pushing it and if you're feeling good one day and you're pushing it and you're, so you can actually see the benefits as you start improving, you can go for longer distance or for a higher intensity and your heart rate is maybe just a little bit elevated or right about where it's normally at. And that's, that's a great feeling. Then, you know, you're, you're really doing a good. The heart rate, heart rate monitors cost between $50 to five or $600. I would recommend one that is around the hundred dollar range. Polar makes a great midline heart rate monitor that, uh, doesn't have all the bells and whistles like GPS, but it does what I think is the most important part, and that's it tracks your calories for you based on 
your specific data. So you're, you're inputting your age, your height, your weight, um, and it's measuring certain things. And it does right. a little test, and it figures out um, what, what your target zone should be for losing weight. And it'll you could set it so that it beeps at you to either slow, slow down or speed up if you're jogging or running or on a bike or whatever. Um, I found it to be very, very helpful. And not only does it help you track your calories, but it'll help track your progress. And it has this, the $100 model has the ability to show you the percentage of the calories that you've burned that are coming from fat, as opposed to just burning calories. You, you want to know which, uh, what percentage of fat calories you're burning based on your specific uh, parameters. So I think that's great, great gifts for yourself. Go and get I think it's good reminder. too. I'm, I started out using mine mainly just when I was running. But then I started wearing it all the time, and I wore it, not all the time, I mean, I didn't wear it during the day, but <laughs> I wore it when I was lifting weights so that I knew, okay, you know, I had to keep the intensity level up. I don't want to, if I saw that my heart rate started getting back to the normal resting level, well, okay, we need to kick up the pace here. We need to keep the intensity going and less watching TV and more working out. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it, it's Less talk, more rock. Yeah, it's a good way to kind of keep yourself on track, I think, other than just looking at time. And we're going to post uh, all five links to all five of these products that we're talking about under the show notes on the main uh, podcast page, which is, if you're not there, it's fitwithb.com slash the number 2FIT. Fitwithb.com slash 2FIT has all our episodes and episode notes, and we're going to put all five of them. Okay, so number one, heart rate monitor. Go pick one of those up. So far, you've spent maybe 100 bucks. Next one on the list would be a Swiss ball. Uh, if you're wondering what a Swiss ball is, it is a giant rubber ball, and that's really exactly what it is. It's bigger than like a dodgeball or something like that. It's big you enough can to sit, sit on. on. Right, almost like a chair. You could sit on it like There's a, a great episode of The Office where Dwight has a Swiss ball, and he's replaced his chair in the office with the Swiss ball. And Which he explains to Jim how awesome it is. I was going to say, it really kind of is. No, no, it's great. It, it, I mean, if it, we he was right for once. Right, if we could, that kind of gives it a stigma. But, I mean, it really, you know how last week I was talking about sitting too much? That mm -hmm. was one of the If you're going to sit, might as well sit on a Swiss ball. Right, that was one of the suggestions in the article. says, hey, you know, if you can replace your chair with a Swiss ball, that way you're stability it's, right it's unbalanced so you're kind of working the core and moving around and sometimes they're called a stability ball they call them different mm -hmm. things but mm -hmm. basically it's a you know three foot high well it varies based on your height uh the way you figure out do you know the, the way to figure out the right size for you no i can't really based on your height then yeah it's your sitting height so if you're sitting down your feet should be or your legs should be at a 90 degree angle okay that's the theory and that also is it shows you how much you need to inflate it and they always come with a pump, so you can inflate it yourself. You can deflate it and put it in the closet. It doesn't take up much space. You could take it with you on trips, which is great. And literally, if I had to, I think I could think of 100 different exercises that you could do with it. Literally, there's just almost an endless number of exercises that you could do. Everything from core to working your chest, back, legs, um, everything. Uh, and it makes even, I mean, even if you're not traveling or you have other, it makes any exercise you're doing a little bit tougher sure because of the stability, of the stability issue so i mean even things like if you're doing a bench press 
you know, lower the weight a little bit and do a bench press on the ball and it makes works the core a little bit more or you know anything like that so, so if you're looking to change it up a little bit or work the core while you're while you're working out other other areas then that would work swiss balls will cost you 20 25 bucks would you say maybe a little bit more depending on where you get them so uh but it's definitely worth it get you one sit on it while you're watching tv and just do little circles with your hips while you're watching TV. It'll, it'll help. Uh, and even, like Sarah said, just sitting on it itself is better than sitting in a chair because it, it's using muscles to, to stabilize your body. So get you a Swiss ball. And, uh, th- again, so now let's say we spent 100 bucks on the monitor. Now we're 125 maybe, um, depending on if you get these on sale, which you probably can. Number three would be resistance bands. This one is w- the one that has the most variations. Um Sarah and I like resistance tubes. It's a little bit different. Sometimes resistance bands are flat uh, rubber straps. I, I don't like those as much. I like the tubes. And the particular brand of tubes I like is uh, by a company called Lifeline. And basically what you do is you go and you buy these two handles, these two plastic handles. I think they run about 8 bucks for the two handles. And the, the handles have three slots. And then you can add the tubes to adjust the amount of weight and resistance that you're using. And it also comes with a little uh, hook so you could hook it on a door and use it uh, at the door to hold the middle of the cords in place. So what this does is this allows you to have some resistance that's adjustable. Um, When you're using resistance bands, the further you push or the further you pull the strap, the the heavier the resistance is. So that's kind of the number. Um, The Lifeline products are, are available at um, Sports Authority. I think they're, they're the only ones that stock them full-time. Uh, but you could find one at Sports Authority in most big cities in the U.S. I'm not sure internationally. You can go to the website, which is lifelineusa.com, and go under resistance bands. We like these because they're light, they're easy to use, relatively inexpensive. You could start off at 5-pound resistance and work your way up to 100 pounds of resistance. Right. For little money, like you said, inexpensive. I mean, you can add quite a bit of resistance for not a whole lot of money. The one good thing about resistance bands, though, which I think you can't get with the tubes, is that if you're trying to do things like squats and the side lunges, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you can't, I, at least I don't know, maybe you know how you can do that with a with the tube. If you could tie it, I don't know if it would really... I've found a way to do squats with the resistance bands but it's it's pretty tough on your hands because if you're using the the amount of weight that you'd be doing to do squats you you know you need a much heavier amount of weight than you would be using for your arms Mm -hmm. but you're having to use your arms to hold it in place so i found it's pretty it's tough to do i mean it can be done but it's tough uh for squats but it works for a lot of other things you could use it again like a swiss ball you could use it in a variety of ways when I go on trips, I like, to, especially if it's a longer trip, I just take my resistance bands and, and that's it. That's all I'll take. And I can sit there in a hotel room and do 30 or 40 different exercises with just those bands. Uh, and it's nice. If you're sitting out on a balcony, you could hook it on the balcony and just sit there and go to town. So uh, now we're talking, let's say for your first set, you're probably talking 15 20 maybe $25 for a good set to start out, out with. So... Uh, again, now I guess we're down to about we're up to about about one hundred and fifty dollars so far. Moving on to the next one, this one is the one that I like least, but the one that could po- uh, probably have the most change on your life when it comes to fitness, and that's just a jump rope. Go out and buy you a jump rope. It's about 
anywhere from $5 to $15. Again, it's really cheap. What kind do you like? Because there's, there's the kind that are rope. There's the kind that are sort of a vinyl plastic rope. And then the beaded ones. Then the beaded ones. Which which do you like best? Well, I have the beaded one, but I, it, I'm not very coordinated, so honestly. So it, it hits my shins a lot. <laughs> so I like, ideally, if I have thought this ahead of time, so anybody who hasn't bought one yet, consider this, that I would have got one that was probably the softer, so that if it does hit, it's not going to, um, like the plastic ones, just the plastic rope ones they hurt when you when you're spinning and it if you miss a beat mm-hmm. and it hits your shin it hurts i mean i've had bruises like on my shins before from mm-hmm. it but i think if you're hitting yourself in the shins maybe your ropes too s- you're tall though i mean you're almost six feet tall so well i mean your shin goes all the way from i'm thinking from the ankle up to the that whole area well, the idea is when, when the rope comes around and it's at its lowest, it should be hitting the ground. It shouldn't be hitting anywhere close to your shins. Right, but sometimes you're a little bit off. I mean, you get a perfect one every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. But when I hit, I hit my shoes. You don't hit your leg at all? I, I don't think I've ever once in my life hit my shins. But hey, if that's I didn't know it was a problem. But if it is, then... Yeah, I was going to say that the beaded ones are my favorite ones. I love those because they don't get well, tangled. it's a little bit heavier, too. It's heavier. They don't get tangled. They yeah. make a cool sound when they hit the ground, I think. Um, they're real, they're, you know, they're very uh, durable, so you could use them outside. The cloth ones are the rope ones. That the, the I guess it's nylon rope. They're just so light that you could barely, it just takes a lot of effort to get them to go around, I think. And they're they're not as... I think those are a little bit cheaper. The beaded ones are going to be a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, I guess when you take them with you, if you're going to travel with them, they're a little bit bulkier Yeah. to take them. But, but I mean, I'm not like it's, it's not a lot. But. but jumping rope is the best thing you can do in the shortest period of time when it comes to cardio. If you want a cardio workout, just go and do a jump rope for five minutes. As, for as long as you can. And every time you hit your hit something, stop, start over. And put in five total minutes. And that would be... The, I forgot the exact statistic, but it's something like every five minutes of jumping rope is the equivalent to like 30 minutes of running as far as the amount of energy you're using, the calories, the uh, plus it's coordination. It's There's a lot going on there when you're jumping rope, and I hate it. I'm not good at it. It's really hard, but I find that if I do have a short period of time, that's what I, I can do. Just go to the gym, take your rope, go into the area with the wood floor, just just go for it for three, four, five, ten minutes. And I really admire those people that could like flip it around and do all the crazy stuff with it because I'm not coordinated enough to do that. So jump rope. Jump the rope. It's a lost art. All right. The number one most important thing, and I guess these are really not in order of importance, but I would say the most important thing, if you're going to start any kind of a fitness routine, especially for the first time, get you some good shoes. And what I mean by good shoes is this should be the part where you spend enough money to buy a good quality shoe. Don't go to the discount place and buy a $20 pair or $10 pair of shoes because they're on sale because two things are going to happen. Number one, you could you could get injured. You could hurt yourself by having the wrong type of shoes. I know that sounds kind of excessive, but it's true. And number, and number two, you're going to not enjoy your activity because you're, it's not going to be comfortable. You're, you're going to feel your feet are going to hurt and 
you're going to get tired of it really quickly and it's going to deter your overall fitness. So I think it's worth it to spend some money, get you some good shoes based on the type of activity you're going to do. If you're going to be running or walking even, get you some good running shoes. Go to, go to a store that specializes in that. Uh, there's, there's running stores all over the place. Or you could go to a sports sporting goods store and talk to them and explain to them what you're doing. I'm going to be running or walking. Get you some running shoes. If you're going to be doing weights, then get you some cross-training type of shoes with a nice flat, wide sole because you're going to be need some lateral support going side to side. They're a little closer to what you would call tennis shoes. If you're going to play tennis, you need some real tennis shoes. Um, it, it's really I, it, this is the most important thing to me. I think when it comes to your your fitness, no matter what you're doing, get you some good shoes. This is one of the first things I tell my clients when I start a fitness routine with them. Get you some good shoes. Any any brands you like? I've kind of gone through a few. I used to be where I was never, I did not like to run in Nike. I had, was very anti-Nike for running. <laughs> right. But now I've gotten the Pegasus, the Nike Pegasus model they had. I love that one. And now they've kind of gone away from that, I think, or they've gone to a different, a little bit different style on it. So that's what's so weird, too, is that you might have one, like the Pegasus, the model okay well then the next year they come out with the new model which is still the pegasus but it's the next model number and it's a little bit different so it fits a little different or it so that's actually something that right now you know I'm kind of if you're gonna have a this something to take into consideration if you're gonna have an event that you're training for so a half marathon or a marathon or whatever you know make sure in time getting your shoes accordingly so meaning you have enough time to break them in sure. but they're also not the ones that you've been training in the full four months you know <laughs> so that they're not flattened out but at the same time you don't want to go two days before and have brand new shoes <laughs> you know so that's something as well to consider that that point where you need to break them in but also have them where there's still enough cushion for the to help you out Right now, I'm wearing the Reebok Zigtex. If you remember the commercial with uh, Peyton Manning was on it. I like them a lot, and I've had them for not quite a year, but I, I've put a lot, of, a lot of miles on them, a lot of wear, and, and they're still going strong. So most, most tennis shoes, most sport type of shoes are made to wear out in a short period of time. That's just something that you have to accept. They're not made for durability. They're made for durability for a period of time and then they start to break down so you'll buy new ones it's just the name of the game right now as far as the the industry so uh, but it, it, when they do start to break down you that's when you need to start looking at getting some new pair and i'm like i know a lot of people are in these economic times are um, concerned about saving money but it's for your body spend the money uh, this is this is one of those things you want to invest in invest in your body so again to recap Heart rate monitor, Swiss ball, resistance bands, jump rope, and some good shoes. You you get those five things and you learn how to use them well, and you could get yourself back in shape. If you're on a desert island and all you had was those things, <laughs> you'd be just fine. You'd get yourself in some good shape. Sarah, do you have an article for us this week? Yeah, actually, this one is very close to my heart, I guess. Because <laughs> Literally? Like, are we talking about Well, it does have or? to do with heart uh, heart health. So... I love salt. I mean, that's just my thing. I don't like really sweet stuff, which is strange coming from my family. My dad loves sweets, cookies, and chocolate. 
But my thing is salt. I just love anything salty. So I was reading last week that now they've come out, they've done a review of, of different studies. I think it was about 160 different studies. And, you know, all this time we've been hearing about, oh, cut back on your salt, you want to, you know, low sodium this. And so now they're saying that possibly low sodium for the average healthy person, reducing sodium intake is not as big of a deal as we originally thought. You were just <laughs> digging hard to find that article. No, no, I swear that just came upon this. I'm not. But, I mean, obviously it does say, okay, you know, that on the average, um, you should keep your salt intake to about 2,300 milligrams a day. And then for people over 51 with any kind of high blood pressure, diabetes, any um, kidney issues, things like that, they're recommending 1,500 milligrams a day. And actually the American Heart Association was saying, or is saying, that's good for all Americans, 1,500 milligrams. What is that, do you have any idea what that is equal to as far as the average diet? I mean, are, are we way ahead of that for, for the yeah, most part? Yeah, the average diet, or the average American consumes about 3,400. So, so the average person can cut down by a half. Is that what you're saying? Well, to meet what the American Heart Association is saying, which is at 1,500. Right. But now these studies are saying, hey, okay, is it really helping that much to reduce the sodium for a normal, healthy you know, person to do it? Was it really going to be that big of a deal? And they're saying actually no. And if you start reducing the sodium below, um, there was not a given level. But if you start reducing it too much, you actually have the same, what you would think of increased adrenaline, which is what I would associate with too much salt, you know, increase in heart rate, things like that. So um, increase in cholesterol and uh, triglycerides. So those kinds of things are what you might think of with an increase in s sodium intake, but actually they're finding that if you get too low, it, it does that too. So, you know, uh, yeah, would I like to say, okay, great, this article tells me I can have as much salt as I want. No. Right. <laughs> you know, I think it just tells... Back to moderation. And right, that's, my, that's the whole thing. You know, you can find a study that will tell you just about anything, which is, so people are so confused. What do I do? You know, today this... This article tells me I can eat eggs, but then next week I read an article that tells me no, that I shouldn't have any eggs and I shouldn't have any yolk. You know, be realistic about it. And, you know, you know what's definitely not healthy. Donuts. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, a bucket bacon. of fried yeah, chicken right. is not. So it's going to have. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're eating reasonable amounts of salt, you're not pouring salt all over your food. You're exercising. Things like that. I always used to use the excuse, well, I'm, I do a whole lot of cardio and I sweat a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that means that I should have more salt because I'm sweating out a lot of salt. They used to give salt pills for mm -hmm. dehydration. Were, mm -hmm. And especially running a lot. You know, I, sometimes after I run a half marathon or something, I'll actually have salt on the side, dried salt all on yeah. the side of my face from sweating. So, I mean, it's definitely... That's from those Chick-fil-A fries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's proof that I've been eating all those fries and stuff. But it just, I think, goes to show that really we can have... And that's why people get so frustrated and confused is because they, they hear all these different things. And, you know, just use common sense. And, yeah, don't pour salt all over everything. 
which is what I would like to do, but I'm not going to. Good stuff. We're going to post the article in the notes section, and you can take a look at it yourself and make your own judgment. But uh, check out our website. We've got some great, uh, some big, big news coming up here pretty soon about a whole move that we're doing on the website. But for now, check us out at fitwithb.com slash the number two F-I-T to fit. You can see us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fitwithb. Send us an email. Check us out on iTunes. Go to the iTunes store. Put in the number two F-I-T. Search and find the podcast. Subscribe. Give us some stars and some love. And send us an email. We'd love to hear if you're out there, if you're a new listener. Uh, if this is something that you're interested in and you've um, been listening for a while, but you've been quiet, we'd love to hear from you if you're out there. We know there's a lot of people listening, and we're, we're at, we've got a really high listenership right now. We're really excited about it, but uh, we have a lot of silent fans out there, I think. So send us an email. Let you know what you think. Uh, let us know what you think. Maybe give us some suggestions. we got some good episodes coming up here pretty soon, but we'd love to hear from you uh, and get your opinions. So, once again, and as always, this is Brandon Walker. I'm Sarah Hollyhead. Saying get fit and be well.